0: Uh, before I get in the message, I, have, I, I, knew, I knew there was more things I needed to tell you guys, but I felt like I was getting tired of the sound of my own voice, and so I figured you might be too. Um, first of all, uh, next Sunday, right after service, we're going to have a, what's called kind of a ministry fair. And so basically what we're going to do is um, every ministry that you can be a part of is going to be uh, set up out in the foyer out there. So you can just kind of go and find out what things are available for you to get involved in. And uh, maybe sign up to be a part of something. And so um, we have a lot, uh, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for people to to, to find their place and um, and get involved. And so uh, we want to invite you to be a part of that. Um, I need—I didn't talk to them about this, so I apologize. But I need Sierra Worcester to come on up here real quick, and I need Kara Smith to come on up here real quick. It is very quiet. What is about to happen? Huh? Yep, come on up. She knew. All right, so uh, kind of a, a little announcement so you guys know what's going on around here. Um, Sierra has been uh, my administration assistant for what? Almost, almost two years now, right? A year and a half. A year and a half. Round, we'll round up. It's felt like two years now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably for her, not for me. Um, and, uh, and so she's going to be stepping back from that role, but she'll still be very much involved in, uh, in, in things like women's ministry. She helps teach three to five. I, uh, she also helps with like our social media stuff. So um, she may try and run, but we won't let her. Um, she, is, uh, she is stuck with us. So can you guys show your appreciation for everything she's been doing for the past couple years? And um, I appreciate you so much. And, uh, and so uh, this last week, she started training um, Kara, to take over as the administrative assistant. So I want to introduce to you guys the next one. Our, can I call her Simba? Should we hold her up? You get an arm, I'll get her up. Get an arm, we'll get her up in the air. Um, so uh, Sierra will be training her for, for about the next week and a half, and, uh, and then she'll be running solo. Um, so for the next two weeks, if you need anything, you can, you can see both of them after that. It will be Kara, and, uh, and they, will, they will help you get taken care of in whatever needs that you may have. So can you guys welcome Kara for me? All right. All right. You guys can go. I won't keep you up here anymore. She looked at her husband and was like, he's going to call me up there. I just saw it. That's the problem is Sierra can, like, from across the room, she knows, she knows me well enough to know now what I'm thinking before I even do it. She knew one day it was funny, and you, Kara, you're going to have to learn to do this. She, she knew I was getting ready to change my entire message on a Sunday morning just by, she watched, I don't know, what was it like, a conversation between me and God, and she said, he's about to change his sermon, and I did, and so, like, you're going to have to learn how to read me like that. Sorry. I know I always look angry, but I'm not. I promise. So, listen, uh, Easter Sunday, baptisms. We're, we're just kind of going to start with a promo on that, and then we're going to get into the DNA of a baptism, so check this out. Absolutely love getting to do baptism services, and uh, and so like I said, Easter Sunday we're going to do that. I want to challenge you if if you've not been baptized, first thing you have to make sure you've done is if you you have got to have made sure that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, as your Savior. If you have not done that and you get baptized, you know what you just did? You just got wet. That's it. That's it. So we're going to talk about what that looks like here in just a few minutes, but. But um, we want to challenge you to do that. There is a sign-up sheet out at our info table. But today, I want to just kind of talk about the DNA of a baptism and why it's important. I mean, don't you you think it's more powerful when we do things in the church when we know why we do what we do? Right? When it's communion. If you don't know why we take communion, it's just a snack at the end of service. Right? But if you know what it is, you realize... Just how powerful it is. Baptism is, is the same way. If you don't know why you're doing it, then it's just something you did in a nice warm hot tub. Whereas if you know the reasoning, the power, and the, and the strength behind it, really, really just, it's, it's, it's exponentially grown. Amen? And so we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about that today and just kind of helping you understand why we do what we do. I've always been the kind of kid, even from from the time I was a baby, like, well, not like a baby baby, but you know, when I could start asking questions, you remember that age where your kid learned that word, why, do you remember those days, why dad, why do I got to do, because I said so, right, and back back in my day, my parents' phrase, because I said so, or do as I say, not as I do or shut up. No, I'm just kidding. My parents never said that to me. They were, they were nice. No. Uh, any of those things, like that was what I heard as a kid. Now, parenting, we've, we've tried to grow in our parenting, right? So now we try to give explanations. Back in my day, it was because I said so, boy, right? Because I said so doesn't really work, right? Why works? And so we're going to talk about why we do baptism. We're going to talk about the DNA of baptism. And so there's three parts to baptism that I just think that are so important. And, uh, And that's kind of what we're going to share today. And the first one is the obedience of baptism. The obedience of baptism. A common mistake that people make is that baptism is more of like a church suggestion, right? God doesn't make suggestions. Did you know that? God doesn't do that. God doesn't say, if you think about it, If you get the time, maybe you should, if you're up for it, possibly, maybe should think about trying to, at some point in time, get baptized. (laughs) It's not how God does it, right? Right? God doesn't lead through suggestion. He actually leads through commandment. God is very clear. To be unclear is to be unkind. And so God, being a kind God, is absolutely clear what's expected of us. Agreed? And so there's the obedience of baptism. God commands us in his word to be baptized. He doesn't just say you should do it. He says, I want you to do it. And there's a reason why. And there's actually a few reasons why. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, and this is a moment where the Holy Spirit comes upon the New Testament church. They've been waiting for, forever, it feels like, in this upper room. And you know they ain't got no air conditioning and you know they didn't have Old Spikes. You know what I'm saying? Think about that for a second. Like, y'all were about to, y'all were about to find a new church just because it got a little, little heated in here today. Right? I saw some of you guys were on Storyside's website. Like, what time can I leave here and get there? I saw. They got a 1230. If, you, if you're that hot, go. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um, but think about them. Can you think about, like, standing in the middle of this upper room? With a bunch of people that haven't bathed, haven't worn deodorant, right? Can you get in the, you get and there's ventilation wasn't a thing then either. But yet they withstood all of that because they knew there was a promise coming that if they would do what God told them to do, they would reap the benefits of seeking after His presence. So in Acts chapter two, after Jesus has already resurrected. He said, just go and you wait for me in the upper room, and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you'll be, a, you'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. And so that's exactly what happens. Holy Spirit shows up. It says that, that, that the Holy Spirit, like a mighty rushing wind, shows up, and they go out into the streets and they begin to preach, and people think that they're half drunk because they're they're praying, they're speaking in other tongues. People are like, what on earth is happening? And Peter gets up, just 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 a, just a few weeks after denying Jesus because he was afraid, he gets up and he puts everybody on blast. He's like, this Jesus that you crucified, the people that he was once afraid of, he was no longer afraid of. He's, he's like, this Jesus that you crucified, he was king of kings and he is Lord of lords and his blood is on your hands and your life's not right and you need to get right or you're going to get left, right? And so what was the difference between those two things? It was the Holy Spirit, Right? The, the, the only thing that changed for Peter between the moment where he was scared to death of a little girl and, and denied Jesus, and then he stood up and spoke to thousands of people telling them to get their life right, was the Holy Spirit. Agreed? And so this moment happens, and then in response, people are cut to the heart, and they're like, well, what should we do? And he, and he, he says this. The first thing he says in, in, in verse 38, he said, repent and let every one of you What? Be baptized. It doesn't say repent and then sit around. Repent and be, be intentional with your faith and get baptized right away. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, so and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And there are many arguments about what, what all that means. Okay, And, and I can... And there may be people in here who come from the one oneness doctrine, and I could preach till I'm blue in the face, face about about uh, the triune God, and we're going to have to agree to disagree, right? Because I'm not going to convince you. There may be people here that think that you have to sprinkle in baptism, and there are people that think you have to you have to get submerged completely. There are beliefs. Did you know this? There are beliefs in baptism that. If you leave a part out of the water of somebody's body, that, that part of their body will cause them to sin for the rest of their life. Yeah, how, how many of you guys knew that was a, a theology? True story. So people actually thought, like, if I, got, if I went for submersion, but my right hand ended up out of the water, like, like the claw, oh, you're afraid of the claw, right? Like, I come out, and like this all bought with the blood of Jesus, but this, sending me straight to hell. Right? And everybody's like, oh, you weren't submerged. Your hand didn't go all the way under. I'm going to sin now. Like, that's what they thought. Did you know that? So there are all different types of, of beliefs and how it should go. <laughs> However you do it, and let me tell you something. Have you ever, like, searched on... YouTube baptism bloopers? Well, why would you? But there's some good ones, man. There's the little boy who baptizes himself. Have you seen that one? How many guys love that one? There's the, there's the one kid that did the cannonball into the baptism tank because the pastor dared him to do it. There's this little guy right here who's just scared to death to get baptized. I love this one. Go ahead and show it. How many guys have ever seen the video of? And, and uh, it was this guy, this guy named Kev, Kev on stage that made it famous of, of this pastor like choke slamming his, uh, his, his person into the baptism tank. I mean, you guys have seen that one. Like he like picks them up and slams them, right? Or like, there, he, like somebody else in that, he's like slams them like four times. It's actually one of my best friends in ministry, Greg Ford. He's in Columbus. And uh, if you haven't seen that one, it's like when your pastor wishes he was in the WWF. It was really good. <laughs> Whatever the case may be, we have to understand that the heart of obedience is the most important thing. But just so you know how we baptize here, we baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, if you look at what it says in Acts 2.38, it says baptize in the name of Jesus. What that means is baptize in the authority of Jesus, right? In the authority of Jesus. So it is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And people are like, you can't tell me evidence that there's a Trinity in in, in the Bible, but you can all over the place look at the moment jesus got baptized jesus there's the son gets baptized the heavens open up the holy spirit descends like a dove and then the clouds part and his heavenly father says this is my beloved son in whom i'm well pleased there's the three right there right you have you have uh stephen the first martyr is getting pelted with rocks and it says stephen full of the holy spirit Saul, he says, I see the heavens opening up, and I see God, and I see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. There's three again, right? So when we baptize, we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We do, we do completely submerge. We don't believe that if your pinky finger stays out of water, that thing's going to cause you to commit embezzlement at your office not a whole lot of sins you can do just with a pinky finger you know what i mean like uh, yeah and effective really the the biggest part about it is the heart of obedience right we can get so caught up in details that we miss what god is doing and i don't want that for us the fact of the matter is having a willing and obedient heart changes everything amen one thing that cannot be missing is that is is the is the heart of obedience and that's what you see in the story with naaman naaman was this was this powerful soldier and he had leprosy you know and 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 he was just so desperate to get so desperate to get free of this leprosy leprosy i don't know if you know much about it man but it's horrible it was horrible especially back then it was so bad that that if you had leprosy you were cast out of the city You weren't allowed to be in the city. If you were walking through the city, you had to proclaim to the world somebody unclean was walking through town. That would be fun, right? Wouldn't that be awesome if you had to like, if you had to shout out your high blood pressure, high blood pressure, right? Ankylosing spondylitis. I've got ankylosing spondylitis. Why are you laughing? I really do. That's not funny. You mock my pain. So he was desperate to get free from this, right? And and so he shows up. He shows up, and the prophet tells him, Well, go dip yourself in the Jordan seven times. Well, first of all, he's like, first of all, that's nasty. Jordan River's nasty. I've got what where I come from, the water is a whole lot nicer. Can I just do it there? Why why do I have to do it this way? And can't I just like, can't you just like say something and make it happen? But God was watching through this prophet for a heart of obedience, that you're willing to do the messy thing or willing to do the things that are unpleasant, all because you want God to move in your life, right? And so we have this moment where he steps into baptism because of a heart of obedience and he gets healed. God changes everything. I'm a firm believer, that when somebody takes a step of obedience to get baptized, they can get healed in that moment. They can get baptized in the Holy Spirit in that moment. They could be freed from addiction in that moment. All because that's what God does. He responds to how we respond. And so there's this moment of obedience and we have to walk in obedience. Amen? There's the symbolism of baptism. And I know you've probably heard these things before. I've probably preached these things before. But I, I think there's, thank you, Noah. Oh, He's a good man. Look at you. There, I think there's something to be said for hearing these things again and letting it letting it embed deep into your spirit that, that there's a symbolism of baptism. It is an outward representation of an inward moment. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, it says that we are buried with him in baptism, and we are raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised us, who raised Jesus from the dead. And us being dead in our trespasses and uncircumcision of our flesh, he is made alive together, having forgiven us of our trespasses. This baptism moment is a representation of what this scripture just said. Right? So it's, it is obedience, but it's also symbolizing that moment in your life when you've given your life to Christ. And what happens is, is you, have, you have you, and when you go into the water, it's going into the grave and then coming out new and clean. A new creation. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and all things become new. It's a symbolism of that moment. Agreed? I mean, that's pretty cut and dry. We can actually move on. We can move on to the next one. So there's the obedience, there's the symbolism, and I think one of the most important things, there's the proclamation of baptism. And I think this one is so so important. You got to understand the moment Jesus gets baptized there was a there there was a kind of a a way that that crowds did things back then. There was a social norm and so basically what would happen is somebody would start talking and people would just come and listen. It's not it wasn't like what it is now where we where we are we, we look at our phone, and we've got appointment after appointment after appointment, and alarm set after alarm set because we've got to get from here to there because we have zero margin for time. They didn't have that. What they had was time. And some, so when somebody would start to proclaim something, they would stop and listen because they had the time to do it. You know what I'm saying? They weren't like, ah, oh, i gotta get got to get to the, my donkeys in the shop. <laughs> got to go to Midas. Get because Midas Never mind. i like an old, old figure. It, you know, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like we got to go, go get new hoofs on the camel. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, you had time. And so people would gather around. And in this moment, here's Jesus. He gets baptized. And there are people. Now, when Jesus did it, he started calling out the crowd. Here's what I'm going to ask. When we baptize you, don't start screaming at the people in the congregation on Easter Sunday. That's going to put a damper on the Easter baskets for the kids. Right, though? I mean, for real, don't do that. But when... When Jesus gets baptized, everybody sees it. So when we get baptized in these moments, everybody sees it. And Mark chapter 1, verse 5 says, Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. So there was this moment where like everybody started coming out, and, the, and it was the day that Jesus got baptized. Everybody started coming out, and they started proclaiming their faith to the people around them. And this is what the proclamation of baptism is all about there's the obedience of it that the word says that I'm to do it here's how I'm going to do it and so I'm gonna be obedient there's a symbolism of I was dead in Christ and now I'm or I was dead and now I'm now I'm in Christ and, and made new but then there's the proclamation we got to get back to publicly proclaiming that we belong to God amen I heard about. The, I, I actually, somebody I know, um, kind of shared this vision online that they had, and it was it was this huge fence, and it was on on one side was was Satan and all of his all of his people, on the other side was God and all of his people, and then there were a ton of people standing on the fence, right? and and I don't want to get too deep into what they were saying but 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 bottom line was you know the Lord came and and tried to get the people off the fence to come and be on this side Satan never really said much to him over there and there was this moment where they no longer had the choice and God called his people and so all of his people left and the people on the fence were like hey well what about us he's like I tried you didn't come and so Satan comes and starts collecting all of his people And the people on the fence are like, well, what are we going to do? And and Satan goes, oh, the fence belongs to me, and so do you. Was Was that your dad? Yeah. If we are people who are going to ride the fence and be afraid to tell the world that we belong to Jesus... And that he is the Lord and Savior of our life, we could really be missing out on all the things that he has in store for us. When you get baptized, you're saying to the world, I know what the world has to offer. I know what's out there for me, and I want nothing to do with it. I know who Jesus is, and I know what he came to do. And I, I, I am going to submit my life to him, and I'm going to make the proclamation that I belong to him no matter what the enemy tries to do. He can't steal me. He can't take me. He can't stop me. I belong to him, and I'm going to live this life having made the decision to follow Jesus. When you do these things, you're showing the world that you've decided that you are following him. And there's something really powerful about that. Making the proclamation that you are his. Don't leave people to wonder. If the people at your workplace, look, what I'm not asking you to do is get on a soapbox and start preaching at everybody in your office. But what I am asking you to do is live your life in such a way that your actions proclaim him day in and day out, moment by moment, that I am his and he is mine and I'm gonna walk in his ways. Amen. Amen. Baptism is making that public proclamation. Worship team, go ahead and make your way up. I'm done almost, guys. Can you believe that? Oof. We need to get back to being proclaimers. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to get harder to be known as a follower of Jesus. It's not going to get easier. I'm going to say that again, because I, I know people got distracted. But they're like, look, Chad's walking. I've never seen him do that. He's always just standing up there by the time I come in. He is a sight to behold. So let's do that again. It is going to get increasingly or decreasingly, less and less popular to be a follower of Jesus. See, there was a time where like if you told people you were a Christian or if you told people you're a pastor, like, oh, that's awesome. Now they they start taking a step back. Grace, my daughter, she preached last Sunday. I think she crushed it. I don't know about you. Um, I've been told that I need to watch out for my job. And then I told her she has to deal with all you guys, and she's like, no, I don't want that job. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But then she preached Wednesday night in youth. And what she talked about was was simply this this understanding that that it's not easy to be a follower of Jesus and the, and the, the, the landscape of the world right now is, is, is getting worse and worse. And yeah, we, we're, not, we're not seeing people die for their faith right now. And you, in your lifetime, you may never have to decide whether or not you're going to die for your faith, but every day you have to decide whether or not you're going to live for it, right? That choice is already at our doorstep. But she talked about just kind of how Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. If the world doesn't like him, then the world's for sure not going to like us. And when we take stances that, that people don't want us to take, and this is a kid who lived it. She stood up in class, in government class, and said something people were talking about. I don't believe that it's right, and I believe that's not biblical, and had to defend it as people attacked her and started spreading rumors about her. Grayson, you know I'm telling the truth, right? You saw it happen. They started spreading rumors about her. They started posting about her on social media. Yeah, my, my 16-year-old daughter at the time. But she didn't care, she stood strong and she said, I don't care what you think of me, this is who I am and this is what the Bible says, so this is how I'm gonna live, Amen. right? But my question is, when will the daughters don't start living like that? Ooh, you stop clapping, quick. We need to be a body of proclaimers. A body of proclaimers. And that happens in your everyday life, but it also happens in baptism. What are we proclaiming? I'm going to read something. I don't know if I've ever read it to you guys. It's something I've had in my possession for years. It's called the Proclamation of the Redeemed. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Uh, I did not write this because there's no compound sentences or no misused words. So you know it wasn't me who wrote this. Proclamation of the redeemed. When you're getting baptized, this is what you're shouting out to the world. Are you ready? I belong to Jesus and that makes me a part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power residing inside of me. The die has been cast, I have stepped over the line and the decision has been made for him. I am a disciple of the King, and I will not look back, I will not let up, I will not slow down, I will not back away. My past is redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secured. I am finished with low living, small planning, poor talking, cheap giving, and flat dreaming. Did you hear that? That's where we need to be. I no longer have to have position. I no longer have to have promotion or have to, be pop, or have to have popularity. I don't have to be first. I don't have to be recognized. I don't have to be praised. I don't have to be regarded. I now live by faith in the son of the living God, Jehovah, and I lean on his presence. I lean on his power. I lean on his word. When you get baptized, this is what you're proclaiming. That is why my spiritual face is set. That is why my spiritual walk is fast. That is why my goal is the kingdom, and that is why the path is narrow. Though me, maybe, no, the way may maybe though the way may be rough, my companions may be few. My guide is in heaven, is reliable, and my mission is sure. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, turned back, lured away, deluded, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pull of popularity, or meander at the maze of mediocrity. By God's grace, through the power of his almighty son and through his living word in my life, I simply refuse to give up, shut up, or let up because I'm prayed up, I'm paid up, and I'm looking for the return of Jesus Christ, my King. I'm a disciple of the King, my determination is sure, my future is eternal, my trust is unshakable, for one day soon, one day soon friends, one day soon the trumpet of the Lord will sound, the dead in Christ will rise, and I'll be caught up to heaven to spend eternity with the Lord of the entire universe. Then we will begin the celebration of the universe, the party of all parties, the moment of all moments, For at that blessed moment, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is a a proclamation of the redeemer. When you get baptized and you have this public water baptism, you are saying to the world, this is who I am. What you're not saying is you're perfect. What you're not saying is you have it all together. What you're not saying is you'll be utterly devoid of making mistakes. What you are saying is you are bought with the price of the blood of Jesus, and you are no longer your own. The fact of the matter is is there are people who have made this decision, but they've not yet had the moment where they proclaimed it. It's time to proclaim it. That's what baptism is. But the fact of the matter is also this. There are people in the room who've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, so you can't make that proclamation, but you sure want to. With every head, head up and every eye open. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and you want redeemed, you want your life to sound like what this lifestyle. And let me tell you something. The person who wrote this, they had problems. They had issues. Life wasn't easy. I'm sure of it. But this is who they are. And that's what you want. I want to pray for you. Just let me know that you're there. If you want to, if you want that redemption that we just talked about, you want to make Christ number one in your life. You want to give your life to Him. Just put your hand in the air and let me see it. I can't see a dang thing right now. Or maybe you knew Him and you walked away, and it's time to make your return. I want to pray for it. That you put your hand in the air. Again, I have no idea what's going on. Is there? Okay, all right, I see you. Anybody else? Give me somebody to go stand by him we're gonna pray here in a second. All right. All right, here we go. We're gonna pray and then we're gonna get into a time of worship and I'm done. I'm not saying any more things. I'm done saying things. We're gonna let God do what God wants to do. But I'm gonna pray. You wanna stay in worship, come to the altar, have prayer, prayer teams here. If you wanna go sign up to get baptized, make sure you do that. Ladies, sign up for the women's events that are going on. Men, we'll see you at the men's events because there's a lot of great things coming up It's going to help you in your walk with God so that you can make that proclamation everywhere you go. Amen? Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room. And I ask that you would pour your Holy Spirit out upon each and every one of us. For those who raise their hand to give their life to you, Lord, your word says that if we repent and we believe on the Lord Jesus, we will be saved, us and our household. God, we receive that. Your word says that, that, that if we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that you are who you say you are and that God raised you from the dead, we will be saved. Lord, we re- receive that today. And Lord, I just pray for each and every person in this room that we would be unashamed, willing to say to the world, this is who I am. Take it or leave it, it doesn't matter because I am I am bought by Jesus. He's changed my life. He's changed my heart. He's made me into a completely new creation. And he can do the same for you. Help us be ready and willing to make that public proclamation in everything that we do. There's the obedience. There's the symbolism. There's the proclamation. Help us to live it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's worship God. Altar's open if you want to get to the altar for any reason. You need prayer for anything. Altar's open. If you got to go, you got to go. That's fine.